Thank you so much, John, for that prayer this morning. Well, this morning, obviously, is December 4th. It is the first of the four Sundays of December, and traditionally we have used the Sundays, whether there's four or five, in December to really celebrate the Christmas season. So this is the beginning of our celebration of the Christmas season, and I have I'm going to be sharing with you this morning from Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. And one of the things I probably say every first Sunday of December, because it's something that I always have to wrestle with, and really it's something that all of you who teach in any capacity have to wrestle with, and that is how do you take the familiar stories of Christmas and help us to be re-reminded of important truths and to gain new insights. Just because of the number of years that I've been here at this one church, I think I've preached on every single Christmas passage and some of them I preached on numerous times. And so I have to come back and say, okay, how do I keep from just saying the same thing? And I was reminded last week, someone shared with me, they just made the comment, it isn't, isn't it amazing that no matter how many times you read a passage of Scripture, when you come back to it, there's always something new. There's a new angle. There's something that you didn't quite see before. Maybe you read a commentary or a book that gave you new insight on that passage. And so as we consider some familiar passages this month. I I pray that all of us will ask God by his Holy Spirit to give us fresh eyes to look at these stories again. And if you end up just relearning the same truths again, that's a good thing. That's a good thing too. So I want to go in a particular direction. I want all of these messages, both the four Sundays and Christmas Eve, so both the four Sundays and Christmas Eve, to tie together. I'm going to do something just a little different this morning. I'm not going to read the passage up front. I'm going to read it actually in the middle of the message. So our first point this morning is great hope. And this is a message for all of us, but in a very special way for those of you who are members or regular attendees of First Baptist Church. I I just really want to talk to you as the family of God this morning. And, And again, our first point is great hope. I believe that we have come to a time as a church that we need to start looking forward. Not that we haven't been. But I believe it is time for the people of God in our generation to be a people of great hope and joy as we serve our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. I, that's going to be the theme this month. I want us to be a people of great hope and great joy because we serve a risen Savior. We serve a Savior who ought to have us excited all the time, no matter what we're going through. You may be going through times of blessing. You may be going through times of suffering. Some of you may be going through times of great suffering. I believe no matter what the circumstance may be, there is great 
hope, and great joy in our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. And it's time for us as a church and as individuals, but I'm speaking primarily this morning as a church, it's time for us to move forward. And it's time for us to move forward with excitement. I want to say some sensitive things this morning as we begin. First of all, it's time for us. It is time for us as a church to stop being discouraged by what happened during COVID. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I understand that COVID, in one sense, will always be with us as any other illness is. But as we think of the pandemic and and what our country and the world and what we as a church went through for two-plus years and the difficulties that it brought, and it did, it's time to put it behind us and move forward. It really is. And I've shared this with you before, so forgive me for repeating myself, but consistently through resources, whether it be Lifeway Christian Resources or Christianity Today magazine or World magazine, they all consistently say that the average church in America lost during COVID about 20% of their Sunday morning attendance. Some went to other churches. Some have stopped going to church altogether. And certainly... Certainly, we pray and hope that many of those people, as other churches pray, that they will come back, especially those that aren't going to church. But we can't change the past. We can't change what happened. We have to say, here we are, and we're going to move forward, and we can move forward with great hope and joy and great excitement. And I think it's time for us to stop being discouraged by what's happening in our country. And again, don't misunderstand me. There are some serious issues in our country that we need to be concerned about. Our country is at a point of great divisiveness. People basically at each other's throat. Political pundits saying on a regular basis they've never seen our nation more divided, whether it's red state, blue state, progressive, conservative, Never seen our nation more divided. And that's all true. And there's a sense in which we should be concerned. But there is also a sense, folks, and we've got to rise above that. The gospel is more important than that. And I want you to just think about that as I go through this message. That we have to be a people who rise above and who move forward as a church. You know, it's interesting. I love history. And maybe some of you do too. And as I read through history, whether it's our nation or another nation, I've noticed this one thing. Every generation has thought that the world was falling apart in their generation. They have, really. I mean that serious. If you look back, can you imagine being a Christian at the end of the Roman Empire? I mean, sin was running rampant. Christians were despised and persecuted. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that there were many Christians who thought this was it. Think of those Christians who lived through the Civil War. Think of those Christians who lived through World War I and lived through World War II. So every generation has had issues that they've been concerned about. And I want to ask all of you this morning, 
It's a question I ask to our church leaders, and now I ask it to all of us. When you get together with family, friends, and coworkers, what do you talk about? Are you still bemoaning everything that happened during COVID? Do you get together and just gripe about our government and all the things you disagree with with our government? Is that the focus of your conversations and your attention? I mean this in love. I find it depressing to talk with some Christians. I would think they have no hope. They have no joy. Because everything's negative, everything's critical. Folks, we have so much to be excited about. We do. We do. I just think, tonight, we're having a night of Christmas music with one of the biggest choirs that we've had in years. It's going to be a great celebration. We're going to have a meal afterwards, and and even if, if you bring visitors tonight, they're welcome to come to that too. We want them to come to that. I don't know about you, I think that's exciting. Next Sunday night, we have our Sunday school Christmas program, and I know Annette Peterson and others are putting, like, a whole lot of work into it, and it's going to be a great night. And we need to be excited about that. There's exciting things going on in Awana. They have a huge attendance this year. They continue to need more workers just because we got so many kids showing up on Wednesday nights. Isn't that great? It's wonderful. We should be excited about their great things happening as we continue to look forward at the beacon of hope and the participants that they're ministering to and the growth in the lives of those participants. And we need to be excited about that. And I could go on and on down the list. But not only that, folks, I want to remind us this morning that God is on the move all over the world, accomplishing his sovereign plans and purposes. And we're going to look at this this morning. All of history is moving forward, looking for one ultimate goal, and that is when Jesus Christ comes to set up his kingdom and rule and reign forever and ever. And we're supposed to focus on that, and we're supposed to look forward to that. And I just want to put in a plug here. Forgive me, it's it's kind of a shameless plug, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um. We're hosting again, it'll be at AgroLiquid, but having a course on perspectives uh, on the world Christian movement. It's a 15-week course that will begin on Monday, January 2nd. And there's a whole page of your bulletin that you can read all about the specific details. So I won't go into all of those details, but I do want to encourage you as a senior pastor of this church to consider taking this course I took it 20 years ago, and it's still impacting my life. So you can take it for the first time. If you're an alumni, you can take it again. But two things that really stand out to me, it, more than anything else, opened my eyes to the absolute biblical importance of world missions, that we have a mandate as a church to take the gospel to the nations. It's not one of our options. It's our mandate as a church. But the other thing that has really struck me and stayed with me about perspectives is that God is on the move. And during those 15 weeks, you will see how God, throughout history, has used individuals, has used groups, and has used entire nations and historical events 
to accomplish his purposes. And folks, he's doing that right now. On December 4th, 2022, God is on the move all over the world, and he's going to continue to be as we look forward to when King Jesus rules and reigns over all things. So just want to encourage you to strongly consider um, taking that course for that purpose. Let God open your eyes. And as we go through this series of messages this month, I pray that God will open all of our spiritual eyes as we look deeply into the Bible, and not just during these messages, but as you read the Bible, whatever part of the Bible you're in right now, see how God is on the move. See how we can join with him in his great sovereign plans and purposes for all of history. We're going to focus on Luke one thirty-three this morning, but I want to read just those first... I want to read verses 26 through 32 before we get to verse 33. And I know you know this story well, but I want you to see as I read through this that the God of heaven and earth, the sovereign God of all things, intervenes in history with a young woman whom he knows everything about, just like he knows everything about you and everything about me. And he interjects himself into history for the purpose of accomplishing his sovereign plan for the ages. It says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And that brings us to our second point this morning that I really want to focus, really want to focus on. Our second point again, his kingdom will never end. Everything in history is moving gloriously toward the time when the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, will set up his kingdom and rule and reign forever and ever. Again, verse 33, And he, Mary, this child to be born to you, He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The question in Israel has always been, who will sit on David's throne? Who will sit on David's throne and rule over the house of Jacob forever? The question has always been, when will the Messiah come? When will he come? And that is the glorious, 
victorious message of Christmas, year in and year out, Messiah came. He came and he lived a perfect life and he died a sacrificial death and he rose victoriously over sin and death and now sits at the right hand of the Father and rules and reigns and will physically rule and reign when he sets up his kingdom, ultimately ending in the new heavens and the new earth. And we look forward to that. And I just want to focus on those words forever. Excuse me. And there will be no end. A day is coming when there will be no more elections. There will be no more presidential election. There will be no more midterm elections. There will be no more parliamentary elections. There will be no more ordinary human monarchies. Whatever the form of government may be in whatever country, it's all going to come to an end. Again, if you know history, you know there have been all kinds of of kingdoms and all kinds of empires that have come and have gone. We just think of biblical history. We think of the great Egyptian empire. It was so powerful and really covered the whole earth at one time, and then it fell. Then we had the great Assyrian empire, the empire that took the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity And the Assyrians were mighty. It was the kingdom that the prophet Jonah hated so much and was so reluctant to go and preach to. They were a mighty kingdom, but they fell. They fell and they are no more. Excuse me. I think of the great Babylonian Empire, first headed by Nebuchadnezzar the Great. And both the Bible and history say that they literally ransacked entire nations. They were huge, they were powerful, they were brutal, they were violent. It was the Babylonian Empire that took the southern kingdom of Judah into captivity. But the Babylonians fell. Do you know, and I won't go into all the details, the great Babylonian Empire fell in one night. And one night, then came the great Medo-Persian Empire. And it was vast, and it was powerful. And there are books of the Bible that talk about the Medo-Persian Empire. We think of the book of Esther, and how important that empire is to that book of the Bible. Then came, as I mentioned earlier, the great Roman Empire that ruled over most of the known world at that time. And then it fell felt with a great crash. And so it has been with every empire since then. But folks, a day is coming where there's going to be a kingdom and there's going to be an empire that will never end. It will never end. One day, Jesus is going to visibly, physically come to this earth. He's going to destroy his enemy and he's going to destroy his enemies and he's going to set up his kingdom And he will rule and reign. He won't be up for election. He will always rule and reign. And folks, I want to so encourage you. He's going to make all that is wrong right. All that is evil will be done away with. We will have a perfect king 
in a perfect kingdom, in a perfect state. And as I said, as you move in to the book of Revelation, you see there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and he will continue to rule and reign over all things. Daniel tells us about this kingdom. Ezekiel tells us about this kingdom. The book of Revelation tells us about this kingdom. And we are, to, are supposed to look forward to it and be excited about it and anticipate it because all of history is moving toward that goal. And when you look around you and you get discouraged, remember the king is coming. Remember that. When you're discouraged, when you think it seems like things are falling apart all around us, never forget the king is coming. And somehow, some way, no matter what you see, no matter what you read, God is in control of all things. He rules and reigns sovereignly over this, not only this earth, but over the entire universe. So, here's my challenge to all of us this morning. Every Christian man and woman has to decide whether to focus on this world or the victorious, triumphant kingdom to come. Every day we've got to decide what is our focus going to be. Are we going to be enamored and enmeshed in this world, feeling overwhelmed, or are we going to set our eyes on Jesus and his kingdom to come, the victorious, triumphant kingdom to come all over the world? Every day, God's people are praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every day we pray, Lord, Father, thy kingdom come. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, great verse. Great verse. One that I encourage you to go and meditate on. It says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer, offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I want you to notice what it says. Let us, people of God, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, therefore, let us offer to God. Because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, in return, as a result, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Let us worship the king who's coming. Let us worship the king who's going to give us an unshakable kingdom. Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk is a fascinating prophetic Old Testament book. In chapter 2, Habakkuk says, Woe to you who build cities with blood, <clears throat> who build cities of sin. It says, Woe to the nations who weary themselves for nothing. I love that. Woe to the nations who weary themselves for nothing. And then in Habakkuk, excuse me, Habakkuk 2.14, it says this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters 
cover the sea. Habakkuk said, look ahead, because one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Aren't you grateful for that day? And that day is coming, and we need to focus our attention on that day. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, this isn't on the screen. I just want to read it for you. It says this. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's the focus of this month. I want you to focus on what is unseen. A kingdom is coming. Our Savior, our Savior is going to sit on the throne and rule forever and ever. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. As we go to communion, this is what I'd like you to think about. Let us determine to be a people who are filled with hope and joy. I believe this can be an important part of your witness. I do. If you are positive, hopeful, and joyful, I guarantee you, guarantee you, you will stand out in this culture. There are all kinds of people who are discouraged, who are depressed, who are angry, who are frustrated. And if you are positive, hopeful, and joyful, you're going to stand out in a very important way. People will want to know, why are you so positive? They're going to ask you, are you just faking it? They're going to ask you, are you that naive? And that's your chance to tell them about your Savior and the salvation that is found in him and that you're positive not because of what's going on around us, but because our king is coming and he promises on the basis of the authority of the word of God that he's going to set up a brand new kingdom and all is going to be made right and he is going to rule and reign forever and ever. As we share the Lord's Supper this morning, if you know Christ as your Savior, we invite you to share in the Lord's Supper with us. Just brief instruction this morning. One deacon will pray for the bread and the cup. The deacons will hand out the bread and the cup together so you'll get them stacked. And when everyone has been served, I will read a passage of Scripture. First, I will read a passage and we will eat together. Then I'll read another passage and then we'll drink together. If you're watching by live stream this morning, we're so glad you're with us this morning. And we just want to encourage you to use this communion time as a time of meditation and reflection. I also want to add this morning that if you are here this morning and you're not sure or you know for sure that you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't even know what that means. Or if you're a Christian here this morning and there's something serious between you and the Lord or between you and someone else, I'm not talking about the everyday kind of things we deal with, but there's something serious. You know something's not right this morning. We encourage you to let the elements pass you by as well. Never be ashamed to do that. 
if you do it in honesty and truthfulness. So, at this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together. Mm-hmm.